What good is talent without the hard work? I go hard every day, I put the team first. Never waste a day, moving with a quick burst. Got a lot of energy, I got it going disperse. Praying to the Lord that I make it. Devil in my ear, I gotta shake it. I never get tired, never get complacent. Any record in the books, yeah, I gotta break it. Do it for my family, do it for the city. Do it for the Lord, cause he always with me. I've been down for the cause and it's evident. I'm going hard every day and it's excellent. Yeah, yeah, it's excellent. Yeah, greetings. Yeah, it's excellent. Thank you for listening to another episode yeah, of the yeah, Excellence excellent. Podcast. You know me, I'm Kevin Camps. You can follow me on Twitter at Kevin C underscore senior. And make sure you are following Team Excellence on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Team Excellence. Today's pod can be found on iTunes as well as SoundCloud. Make sure you subscribe and rate us five stars. You can always find content on our website at excellence.com. This week, I am joined by Jason Romano. He produced content at ESPN for 17 years. He is currently hosting the Sports Spectrum podcast and contributing daily content to SportsSpectrum.com. Jason shares his story of leaving ESPN and pursuing the call of God. He also talks about the impact of faith in the sports industry, as well as gives encouraging final words. You don't want to miss that. This is another great episode. So take a listen, share with a friend, and be blessed. Can you just kind of talk a little bit about um, what was behind your decision to leave ESPN? Maybe talk a little bit about your career there, and then what was kind of behind your decision to to go off and start what you're doing now? Sure. So uh, the decision was that I um, felt like to leave ESPN. I've been there for 17 years as a producer, and made the decision, difficult decision, but made the decision in February to leave and pursue ministry. And really the original thought process was just to kind of do more for the Lord. Like that was the line, that was the wording that I would tell people, but I really didn't know what that meant. And even when I left uh, to go work for Sports Spectrum, the company I work for now, I still didn't completely know what working for the Lord was going to mean. I'm starting to see that now, but that was kind of the decision behind it and um, the reason why. You know, I had been at ESPN for 17 years and was a producer there, a talent booker, a talent producer, a social media manager. So I'd done a lot of things working both in the radio, television, digital, and social areas of ESPN. Uh, and really what I wanted to do was just take those talents, experiences, whatever you want to call them, and bring them for a greater purpose to a different area uh, to glorify God more with the talents that I had. And I didn't know if that would be in a church setting or a media setting or what, but thankfully it turned out that I got to go work for uh, and serve for a company like Sports Spectrum that really just had an unbelievable opportunity to serve with them, to work with them, and to be a part of uh, this sort of rebirth of a media brand that they were. Uh, so that's what I'm doing now. That's awesome. So when you when you make this decision, um, obviously, you know, there's a lot of questions that you have to ask a lot of people you take counsel with um, family members, loved ones, close friends. And, you know, you're leaving, um, you know, what a lot of times what we perceive to be a good thing. Sometimes, you know, major companies are sometimes they're not. But if there was any doubt or fear, what, how did you overcome that to take that step 
um, to, to doing something else or maybe casting your net on the other side, you could say, for a greater for a greater good, a greater purpose? Well, there was definitely a little bit of doubt and a little bit of fear that crept in. I mean, the idea of me leaving ESPN started to birth in my spirit a year and a half before I actually left. So it, it was there. And even a year before I left in the winter, sort of December of 2015, I had thought about leaving. I had had long discussions with my wife and really thought that was the time to go. Uh, you know, I wanted to do this. And I really felt like God was saying, it's time to leave, it's time to leave. And I realized that, you know, God's timing is not my timing. And even though I'm trying to leave to do more for Him, it still wasn't the time to leave to do more for Him. I, I was still being called to stay at ESPN as long as they had me there. And, but when the decision came, the real decision, the final decision, if you will, there was some fear there. I mean, I had a vision. I had a vision of leaving and kind of just going. Time to do more. Let's go. And I think that's kind of how I'm driven. A lot of guys that I know are driven that way. Like, it's just, let's just jump in the fray and let's, let's do this. But my wife, my beautiful wife, my awesome wife, is thinks differently. And she thinks of all the other things that I'm not thinking of. So... That's not to say that that was fear, but that was definitely like, all right, let's just examine everything here. Yes, we're going to take this leap of faith, but let's just make sure that this is truly what God wants and that we can can sort of do this. You know, uh, what's going to need to be changed if we make this leap as far as insurance, as far as 401k, you know, as far as retirement, all that stuff that I really wasn't thinking about. I was just kind of like, let's go. And my wife is excellent at that and kind of keeping me focused and reeling me in a little bit. And then when it was time, it was time. And, uh, you know, I don't regret the decision one single bit. It's been awesome and amazing to watch God just um, work through all of this. And, but, of course, there's going to be fear. And, honestly, it's going to still creep in. Right now, the future is still unknown. Yes, I'm working for Sports Spectrum and doing a podcast and speaking and consulting and doing some fun things. But... You know, nothing's promised to us, especially from God. God's got plans that, that will blow us away if we truly allow him to lead in our lives. So that's really what I'm just trying to do is just be a vessel and be uh, willing and available and in submission to him, to whatever he wants to do with, with whatever this is. Uh, if it's a bigger platform, great. If it's a opportunity to just get down and dirty and serve, great. If it's... Um, not anything that I'm doing now in five years, it's something completely different, then great. You know, I'm really, uh, I'm at the point in my life, in my mid-40s, where I'm just like, whatever you want, God. I really, I really, truly feel that way. Awesome. You know, you, and you, when, you, when you're talking about you and your um, wife's discussions over this, um, you know, the scriptures teach us in the multitude of counselors, their safety. Um, even now, or, you know, maybe there were some friends at ESPN, um, was there someone that, that you talked to, you know, in addition to your wife that really confirmed or even affirmed, you know, your decision to go forth and pursue uh, your passion and your dreams? Well, for, certainly my pastor, you know, not, not at ESPN per se, but my pastor uh, was somebody I went to and talked about. I remember bringing this up to him the very first time I had this thought, which was, and I can tell you when it was first that I told him, November of 2015, and I told him, like, I'm thinking about, you know, maybe someday leaving ESPN. And he just looked at me and he goes, you got it. And I said, got what? 
and he said, you've got the bug. you got the bug. And I'm like, the bug? What do you mean? He's like, you have the servant's heart. You have a desire to serve and want to go into ministry. That's awesome. So I walked this walk with him, and he was an amazing, you know, uh, mentor and, and a real sense of encouragement for me uh, in what he provided and the words that he said to me. At ESPN, it really, it really wasn't a lot of people that I, I, I talked about the decision, the, the, the waiting of the decision. So the year and a half prior to when I actually left, I really didn't talk to anybody at ESPN about that. I just didn't feel it was my place um, to bring that up. You know, I was at ESPN to do my job there. And I really understood the idea of blooming where you're planted. So I stayed there and just tried to do the best job I could during the time that I was there. So there wasn't a lot of people that I talked to. I think after I had made the decision, there was one person, one of my bosses, Steve, who I confided in and asked him not to share anything for about a month or so. And when I talked to him about leaving, he was very supportive. He was very, um, you know, just encouraging. He was on my side with you know, with what I was doing and thought it was an amazing opportunity. And he was able to help me get the message out to the proper people at ESPN because I wanted to exit properly. I wanted to exit gracefully. I wanted to honor my time there. You know, I've been there for a long time. 17 years is a long time to work at, at a place. And I had developed many friendships. And I just wanted to, I wanted to exit properly. That was my biggest concern. I didn't just want to put two weeks in and then leave and say bye and that was it like i really wanted to you know honor whoever helped me get to where i had gotten to over those years i wrote a very long facebook post uh the day i left just thanking it about 14 or 15 specific people for them pouring into my life so there was i really just wanted to do this the right way and steve was a great encouragement uh in trying to navigate that exit and so now that you now that you um You've gone forth with your decision and you've joined the sports spectrum team. Can you kind of discuss, um, you know, some of the joys of what you're doing right now? Um, obviously, you know, when we're pursuing the purpose of God, he doesn't necessarily promise that everything's going to be roses. Everything is there's going to be challenges. But, you know, can you just talk to some of the joys that you've experienced since your transition and, and some of the things that you've done and maybe share any stories that you may have? Yeah, I think when I left, um, you know, the most, the most exciting thing, you know, personally for me was being able to do this podcast, which we were starting from scratch. You know, it was basically commanded and, and, and thrown into my hands and said, do whatever you want to do or however you want to do it, but you're in charge of it. So you're hosting it, you're producing it, you're booking the guests, you're editing it, you're posting it, and then you're making sure that social media is sharing it too. So this was sort of a one-man band for me, and that was the most exciting part. I mean, that in itself, that podcast is a full-time job, but it's so much fun, and I got so excited about it. Uh, and then it was really stretching myself. You know, I'm not a, I don't think, consider myself a great writer. I think I'm an okay writer, but one of the jobs in this new venture was to write, and to write a daily article or two or three for sportspectrum.com. And there's been a lot of joy in that because it's tested me. It's, it's stretched my, my limits, if you will, to being able to do something that I really am not comfortable doing or, or I don't think I'm very good at. So 
that's been a, a, a wonderful learning experience and a growth experience for me in terms of writing and editing podcasts. I, that's come a little more natural because I've had a lot of experience booking. Certainly, I've had a lot of experience editing and certainly a lot of experience coming up with a strategy to post on social media. When I hadn't been on air in that way in 20 years since I was in college, um, certainly I've been at ESPN and I've worked with tons and tons of amazing talent on air who know how to do interviews and know how to um, you know, transition from segment to segment, who know how to get the right answers out of certain people. So I learned from them, you know, Mike Greenberg and Bob Lee and Chris Berman and John Saunders and Stuart Scott and, and Jay Harris, all these amazing interviewers, Hannah, Hannah Storm. Like, so I learned from them on how to interview, but I had never done it myself. But I think having over the last couple of years been acclimated to more speaking engagements, public speaking, standing up in front of people and talking has allowed me to at least get a grasp of the voice that I have and, you know, kind of speaking in a different type of way than just conversationally like you and I are doing. And that's helped me with this podcast and the joy I've experienced just overall, but the joy in the podcast has been overwhelming. We're almost up to 60,000 downloads of the podcast in less than four, less than five months. And I don't even know if that's a lot. It feels like a lot to me. But it's been amazing to watch God allow the stories that we've told through these podcasts reach the masses. And, And honestly, that was the goal from the beginning was to just tell stories through the lens of sports and faith with athletes and writers and former players and broadcasters, anybody that will come on that has a story of faith in Jesus Christ, we want to talk to. And certainly we've been able to share some podcasts, stories of people you don't know, and we've been able to share many podcasts with the people you do know. And my joy, I think, comes in seeing others move to share it, move to respond to it, or even people who I know that aren't really believers in Christ like I am, you know, these podcasts are really just personal stories. So there's many people I know who listen who aren't believers and maybe don't care about the faith or the religious aspect of it, but they just like good stories. And I think that comes from my journalistic background and my media background on just trying to get a platform and get these people that we interview to tell their story. And in doing that, I believe that that is what impacts people the most, being transparent, being vulnerable, being uh, just open enough to share some of the struggles they're going through, to talk about topics that maybe they don't normally talk about when they're being interviewed by ESPN or being interviewed by, you know, another national network. You know, this is an opportunity and a platform and a place, a safe place to talk about wherever you want to talk about, especially the spiritual aspects of it. So. The joy has just been really wonderful uh, and, and, and encouraging. And really, the, the ultimate goal in all of this is to point people back to the Lord and how good He is. And I think that's what we're trying to do, and that's what that's what God has done with this podcast, is really glorify Himself through it. I mean, that's amazing how God can take um, the platform, our passions, doors, and just merge it all together to share his message and um you know you just mentioned about you know there being non-believers um that still listen to the podcast and a lot of times um 
you know, God uses these platforms to share his love, to share his purpose for people's lives. But specifically in the sports industry, you know, you working at ESPN for 17 years and, you know, encountering all the people you previously mentioned in the media industry or even in sports organizations, where where does faith take a place there? And how and how would you, you know, or how did you, you know, at your time at ESPN, use your faith to encourage or be a light and example for those that you were around? Well, it took me a long time to get this, but my faith is the center of who I am. So if I'm at work, it's still the center of who I am. If I'm at home, it's still the center of who I am. But for the longest time, my faith was separate. So I got saved in 2001 and became a Christian. I had started at ESPN in 2000. So I was, for a short time there, walking away from God at ESPN. So when I became a Christian, I was all, you know, excited and, and, and just wanting to learn more about what God had done and just kind of learning more and growing more in my own relationship with Him. But He was not the center of who I was for many years. He was a part of who I was. So for me, I would go to work and leave the faith aspect at home and just be producer guy from ESPN. And then when I go home, I'd be dad and husband. And then when I go to church, I'd be Christian guy. And it was weird because I look back at it now and I realize, and I, I, I try to encourage young people now to not just make Jesus Christ a piece of your life, but to make him the centerpiece of your life. And for the longest time, Christ was just a piece of my life. And listen, that's good. I mean, you want to start there, but it really didn't hit me until about seven years ago that I realized, wait a minute, you know, Jesus is, is all of who I am. He's the centerpiece of everything that I want to be. So that has to walk with me into the workplace. Whether or not I, I can't pray in the workplace as far as like, well, I can pray, but I can't like walk in with a Bible or walk in with a t-shirt that says repent or Jesus says, I can't do that. I'm hired to be a producer and ESPN do the best job I can there. But certainly bringing my faith into the workplace was, was something that took a long time to understand how to do. But really, it was it became very simple once I got the concept of it's just who I am. You know, you're, you know, that song, you're a good, good father. It's who you are. And I'm loved by you. It's who I am. That's what I am. I'm loved by God. It's who I am everywhere I go. Uh, again, the key, simple key is the sort of secret sauce to all this, Kev, is to really just build relationships. When you build relationships with people, you're going to kind of get to know them below the surface. You know, there's a lot of surface level relationships that exist in the workplace. And those are relationships that, you know, are okay and they're good. And, you know, you hang out once in a while and you get to know a person to work. But going deeper, going into, into your soul a little bit and really trying to get out the real life aspect of what's going on in people's lives is critical to building relationships and then it leads to opportunities to talk about your faith. I had a guy, one of my bosses a couple of years ago, you know, I just asked him how he was doing. And I think many times at work we don't we'll say what's up, how's everything going, but how's every how are you doing can mean a lot of different things. And that day when I said, how are you doing? He said, not great. And I said, okay, everything okay? Can I pray for you? Is everything all right? And he told me he was close to getting married and then the marriage was called off right before he was, like two days before he was set to get married. And I just weeped with this guy. I mean, I didn't cry or anything, but I just felt so sad for him 
And so I just came alongside him. I said, listen, I'm so sorry, my friend. If there's anything I can do, you know, let me know. I think we ended up going out to lunch that day. And really, it wasn't anybody that I came became really close friends with. But it's that type of lifestyle as a believer in Christ. It's just being there for people when they're going through things. Because, yes, we're supposed to put on this facade of everything's okay at the workplace. Everything's good and we're just fine. And deep down, I think there's a lot of people, man, who are going through a lot of different things personally. And they're just not comfortable opening up because they feel like they can't in the workplace. And I wish, and I believe most more believers can do this too, I wish that we could create and cultivate a atmosphere of transparency and being allowed to go deeper and talking about what people are going through and not just have it be, you know, surface level relationships that really lead to kind of, you know, nothing. Um, I think the more we can get to know people, the more we can get to enter into their lives and then enter into our lives, that's when real um, transparency and real uh, breakthrough happens. You know, Jason, more now more than ever, um, I really feel like where our society is, I think fear is a is a major thing that is challenging people's lives and it and it and it keeps them bound and keeps them locked up with their inner feelings and emotions and things going on, so many different challenges out in the world. For parents, I'm a father of five myself. It's just a lot of challenges for our children. Um, I've been married for for going on 12 years, you know, and there's just a lot of things going on as a father. Uh, Can you kind of speak to, or what would you say to parents um, in this atmosphere coming out of, you know, the different challenges that you have to really pursue? um, For instance, me and my wife, you know, we're setting out on a venture together to do something. What would you say to them you know, in light of just the challenges and the things going on in the world, like to encourage them or to motivate them to really pursue their dreams or just to keep fighting, set those things in place for their children as believers? Well, as a, as a dad, and I'm only the dad of one, you only have one child, but as a dad, I think the old adage of it happens in a blink, it really does. And it goes by so fast. You're a father of five. You can attest to this too. So I think the biggest thing is to truly, really enjoy the moments you spend with them, your kids, first of all, to not get bogged down in the monotony of everything that happens on a daily basis, which I think we all tend to do, especially if we have kids that are in sports. Okay, it's practice tonight. Hurry up and go get your dinner and come home and then we'll get your homework done and then we'll take you to practice and then we'll come home and you shower and you go to bed. Okay, the next day, rinse and repeat. It's the same thing. And the next thing you know, Months go by, days go by, years go by, and you blink and suddenly your kid's in high school. And my daughter is a year away from high school, and these last 13 years have flown by. And I think as a dad, I think it's important, and even as parents, not just being a dad, but just as a parent, who I can encourage the women with this too that are listening, to really press in with God and to not lose sight of Him again being the centerpiece and not just a piece of your life. I think sometimes we... We want to do right by the Lord. We want to spend more time with Him. We want to read. We want to encourage. We want to spend more time serving. We want to be out in the community. I know people who even will skip church because their kids and things that happen with your kids take precedent. And to me, that's just backwards. That's not how it, it should work. You know, if your kids are dictating the time that you're spending and it's taking you away from the Lord and taking you away from church, then I think you got it backwards. So I really think it starts with the Lord, with pressing into Him, spending time in prayer with Him. And listen, I struggle with this too, 
you know, this is a very bur big burden for me personally, is just carving out time every day to spend with God. Um, I think as believers, we should be spending time with Him all day long, you know, even if it's just for quick moments and seconds of acknowledging Him. But that time, that precious time of quiet, sort of introspective look at your spirit with the Lord is important and everybody needs it. But it's that day-by-day -day monotonous sort of grind that takes place that grabs a hold of us and it becomes very, very difficult. Um, so my encouragement, I think, is to just keep fighting, like you said, press in to the Lord even more. Because when that is in the right place, when your relationship with God is in the right place, everything else really does truly fall into place. Matthew 6.33 says, Seek first the kingdom of God, and all these other things will be added unto you. I don't think he's saying, Seek God, and then you're just going to get all these riches. I think what he's saying is, You seek God first here, Matthew's saying, then everything else is going to make sense. Everything else is going to align perfectly. And it won't necessarily be our plan. It's God's plan. But seeking Him first is important. And I think we forget that. As parents, we forget that. Often we're seeking our kids first, or we're seeking our jobs first, or we're seeking uh, our, even our relationship with each other, our spouses. If any of those are ahead of our relationship with the Lord, then we're, we're backwards and we missed it. And so, um, just want to take a shift here before we close out. Um, you know, in society, especially, you know, we see a lot of social issues going on. And, um, you know, the Kaepernick story um, recently, um, UCLA quarterback Josh Rosen spoke out of, against a couple things. And I wanted to get your thoughts or your opinions um, on, you know, the faith as believers. Do you feel like on these issues, athletes should speak out more often? Or, or do you think that's something that would be frowned upon because of, you know, Christ being, you know, he said he's a rock of offense. Everyone's not as, you know, receptive to that message. Do you think that's something athletes should do more in a public sector, um, on these platforms, or, you know, just, just kind of, you know, kind of fly under the radar and try to make impacts in other ways? Well, I do believe you don't want to boast about your works. So I think you can make it, you know, a lot of people will make impact in ways that you and I will ever, will ever find out. You know, there's a lot of athletes I know that, do amazing charitable work and they're doing it without all the cameras, without all the notoriety, without all the, without all of the publicity. And that's wonderful. And I, I encourage that. I think that's important. Uh, you know, if you're going to boast, the Bible says boast in the Lord. But I do, I, I do think that, A, we've been called as believers to open our mouths, to shout praises to God, to point people back to Him, to go and make disciples. And so we, we have a responsibility to do that. But I also think we need to, if we're talking about other issues, and I'm not sure if your question is about specifically the Lord or if it's just about any kind of social issue, I think we have a responsibility to make our voice heard, but we have a responsibility to do it in a way that is respectful, um, that is loving, and that's a very difficult thing for us to do, especially when we disagree with something. But that's what God has called us to do. That's what Christ says to do, is to love and serve even our enemies and to love them as we would love ourselves. So I do believe that there's a place for athletes. You know, they're on a, I believe that they're believers and they are uh, on a platform that's in the public, secular world, higher than others. I believe that there's a responsibility with that. You know, even for myself, a very small platform, but I believe God uses that platform, and my responsibility is 
to treat that properly to point people back to him and to do it lovingly. And even if I disagree with someone, which I don't really try to disagree too often in the social media space, I'd rather have a conversation with a person. Um, but, you know, so often it's the way we want to get our voices out often in social media. Um, I just believe that we have to use these platforms for good, for encouragement, for positivity. And if it means standing up for something that you believe in, then that's positivity in my eyes. You do it lovingly. You don't do it to rip somebody else. You know, we're in a very difficult state of the world right now, you know, in terms of the division that has taken place in this country with politics and with culture and race and so many things that are in a lot of ways dividing our country. And I heard LaDainian Tomlinson preach at, not preach, but give a speech at the Hall of Fame the other day, Pro Football Hall of Fame. And his speech was so impressive because he's a believer. He pointed people back to the reason why he got where he got, which started with Christ. But then he took the opportunity with his platform to try and recognize that there is division in our world, recognize that there is a divided states of America, not just the United States. But he took that platform and he took advantage of it not to condemn or not to uh, ridicule or crush or say everything that was wrong with the world or even America. But he took the opportunity to encourage us to put our differences aside, come to the table, talk, and unite and unify. And I was so impressed with that. I, I, I was standing up like, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's, I could not agree more, LT, because we, we are in such a society where everything has to be what I think in my way. And if it's not that way, and this goes for Christians just as much as it does non-Christians. Many of us are guilty of, it's my way or the highway. And I think, you know, we have convictions and we have things that we believe in. And, and, and there's, you know, for me, truth is truth in my idea of what I believe is truth. But man, I better be at least open to listen to other people who don't agree with me or have a different thought or have a different take, even within the faith world, not just in the, in the, in the real world. Uh, the secular world, if you will, but we have to be able to be open and listen. And I think when we do that, change, that's where change can happen. That's where we can start to unite together and not put aside our differences, but bring our differences all to the table and say, okay, let's find a common ground here and let's unite. Now, there are many issues that are very difficult for that to do. And there are many issues, I think, where we can kind of all agree upon. And yet there's still a lot of division. So I know I kind of went on a tangent there, but I believe the voice of the athlete is just as important as the voice of any American. That's all good. I mean, that's, that's good. I, I, that was so compelling. And you brought up LT and his message that he shared and, you know, listening to the Hall of Fame speeches, a lot of people, a lot of the athletes that went in, you know, did a tribute, you know, to your Kurt Warner, um, you know, they're very open about their faith and, and it sure. was, it, it's very it's awesome when those stories you know are shared regardless of their their athletic success good or bad hall of famer or two-year career i believe that every message shared it, it it has eternal value someone heard it a seed was sown you know maybe water was poured on somebody's heart or, or just somewhere that that god can bring the increase at the end of the day and and when i look at you know the opportunities we have to share at the end of the day, 
you know, it's the Lord that's going to bring the increase. So I totally agree when those, when the athletes share or, you know, we're just a coworker, maybe you're the, the bag boy at the grocery store and those opportunities open, you know, utilize those platforms to share, you know, what the Lord has put on your heart. And, and Jason, I, I just want to give you, you know, a couple minutes here, you know, maybe you've been pondering something lately. Maybe the Lord has shared something with you during your prayer time. Um, just to, just to share anything you know that's on your heart that you've been you know meditating on that that you would like to share with people just just take this moment and just just give it out and share yeah I think the biggest thing that's been on my heart and this has really been for a couple of years now even before I left ESPN was patience and I think a lot of us struggle with God's plan and knowing what's next you know for me I was in that sort of struggle of, all right, God, I want to do this for you, but what does this look like? Come on, make yourself known. Come on, open up the door. Come on, do this. So I have this thought process in my head of, of, come on, God, you you know where I am, so give me the desires of my heart. Let's go. And for me, it doesn't work like that. And the more I searched the scriptures and the more I looked into the word, patience is all over the place in terms of we have to we have to be patient because God is patient with us. And if God is patient with us, we need to be patient with others. But even more in our own personal lives as we try to enter into what the will of God is, we need to be patient and waiting on the Lord. But that does not mean we sit in a chair and just twiddle our thumbs and wait for something to happen. Like, it is extremely important for us to passionately pursue the Lord in that patience. And to get up in the morning and to thank him and to get in his word and see what the word is speaking to you with today. To praise him, to get some worship music going or just singing songs directly to him. To get in that word, to fellowship with other believers. This all has to continue in that mode of being patient. And when we do that, when we consistently pursue him and when we're patiently pursuing him, we're right smack dab in his will. And that's what, what, what I find funny, and I've struggled with this too, is it's usually when we're questioning God's plan for our lives, it's at the same time when we're really not having any kind of consistent communication or relationship with Him. Because when we're in a relationship with God, when we're, when we're in that sort of sweet spot with the Lord, in the relationship of pursuing Him and having this unfailing love and this joy that just is filling us up, we don't question that. Yeah, we might not like the sort of circumstances we're in, but we never question it because we know God needs control. So my encouragement would be to just consistently pursue the Lord and to really, um, as God is patient with us, start to be patient with Him and then be patient with others. Because God was patient with me for 26, almost 27 years until I finally turned to him and said, okay, I get it now. So if he can be patient with me for 27 years, then I can be patient with him in whatever aspect of life that, that I struggle with. So that would be my encouragement. Awesome. And, you know, Jason, I want to encourage you um, as you've taken this step out. Um, the word that came to mind for you, or to me, for you, was Psalms 1. He said that you would, you would be like the tree planted by the rivers of water that would bring forth its fruit in its season, and and its you know leaves wouldn't wither. But whatsoever you do shall prosper. 
And, um, you know, I want to encourage you with that, that to continue to pursue, you know, God first and foremost. And he says, you know, as we acknowledge him, he's going to direct our path. He's going to show us when to turn, when to stay straight, when to go, when not to go. But even in all of that, as long as we're planted by those rivers, as long as we're, you're planted by and in the Lord and abiding in him, whatever you do, I just pray that it prospers and that God continue to encourage you that as your as for your wife that your marriage continues to, to flourish for your daughter as she uh, goes into this next uh, stage of her life that she as she continues to develop that relationship with the lord herself and that you don't have any anything to, to worry about he said he'd be with you always even to the end of the age and and you know once again i just appreciate your time i'm so encouraged you know just talking to you um, you know, personally for me, just to continue to pursue dreams and passions and all the all, all the more just seeking the Lord. And, and I really appreciate those the words that you shared today and the time. And I know for the listeners that will hear it, they'll definitely be encouraged as well. Well, listen, I do appreciate that. I appreciate the encouragement, the opportunity to share. And, you know, amen, brother. That's all I can say. You know, I'm just excited for what God's going to do both in, in both of our lives. And like I say, if we're pursuing him, then we know for sure that he's got his hand in it, that it's going to be good no matter what it ends up being. So thank you, man. I appreciate you having me. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Excellence Podcast. And thanks again to Jason Romano for joining us. You can find out more information about Jason at JasonRomano22.com. You can follow him on Twitter at Jason Romano. Make sure you look up the Sports Spectrum Podcast on iTunes and give it a listen. Don't forget to like Team Excellence on Facebook and follow us on Twitter and Instagram to stay connected with the team. And remember, in everything we do, we do it for him. God bless.